come to accept the normal headaches, the normal back pain, the normal digestive problems, the normal menstrual problems, the normal this, normal that. None of those things are normal. They're all very common, but they are not normal. Up until about 50 years ago, which may seem like a long time, but the Japanese culture has been around for thousands of years. So up until about 50 years ago, women had no concept of menopause. They just stopped menstruating and that was it. But you know when it changed? When they started eating like we do, with the McDonald's and the Burger King and the fast foods and all the other garbage that we've been using for a long time. What the hell is functional medicine? What does that even have to do with leaky gut? That's what we're going to discuss today on Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself. But just before we do that, I would like to invite you to invite others by rating the show on Apple or Spotify. Your inbox will love you when you subscribe to my ongoing Every Phase art series illustrating how I healed myself from endometriosis at MeredithOchoa.com. Today, we are chatting with my doctor and extraordinary human, Dr. Jeffrey Kalins. After completing undergraduate school, he finished one year of medical school in Paris, but quickly realized that wasn't how he thought healthcare should be provided. Unless under emergency conditions, it never made sense to him to take out body parts and give someone toxic chemicals, which we call drugs, to deal with symptoms. He always had an inquisitive mind asking why, so he embarked on a search to find the profession that would prepare him to deliver health care and not sickness care. He found that in chiropractic and applied kinesiology, which opened a whole new world that he shares with us today. How did you choose this path, functional medicine, kinesiology, chiropractics? Was there something that, or a person or something that gave you a push in that direction? How did you get here? It was actually no, it wasn't even a personal experience, which is true for a lot of people who get into chiropractic. I just knew I wanted to be in the healthcare field as a doctor and traditional medicine was all I knew. And after concluding my undergrad program, I went to medical school in Paris. And after a year, I realized this is not what I want to do because the only time in my experience and my viewpoint that medicine is really, really the right thing to do is in crisis care. You know, God forbid you break a leg, have a heart attack, you know, cut your leg open. That's when medicine is really great, the emergency things. But it never made sense to me to pull out body parts and give people toxic chemicals called drugs to take care of a health problem. So I was looking for something that would really get to the cause and allow me to work from that point of view. And I found chiropractic. And once I was in chiropractic school, I was exposed to this technique called applied kinesiology, which is wonderful because we look at people's health from three different perspectives. If we look at the structural part, we look at the biochemical part, and we look at the energetic, emotional part. And all three of those need to be in balance. It's an equilateral triangle, if you remember your high school geometry. So each one is as equally as important as the other. And so yeah, initially in chiropractic school, I was exposed to the structural aspect of health. But then when I found out about AK, I said, whoa, this is really cool because now I can address things in a much more in-depth way. And even in chiropractic school, I was using nutrition. 
back at that time, it was in 1978, 1979, I was using, like I said, nutritional supplements, and it was called complementary medicine. Then it became called alternative healthcare. And for the last couple of years, the latest buzzword is functional medicine. I've been doing it, like I said, for over 40 years. So to me, it's natural, especially since I loved biochemistry when I was in undergrad and in chiropractic school. So, you know, this fits right into it. And it's really interesting how the name, it's all just like marketing. Really, At the end of the day, the name changes like really mm -hmm. according to what people are understanding at the time. Mm. So it is probably really interesting for you for being in this so long from that perspective. Yeah, it's been fun to watch the changes. You know, I see more and more people embrace it. Uh, yeah. This is, it's interesting. There are different ways to address, let's say, a thyroid problem. Uh, mm -hmm. The medical model, they would probably give someone Synthroid or Levothyroxine. But unfortunately, most of the time, they're not going to determine if it's a true thyroid problem or if it's an autoimmune condition. And in 90% of the women, a quote-unquote thyroid problem is not really a thyroid problem, but it's the body attacking itself and disrupting the ultimate benefit of thyroid hormone. So that's you know traditional medicine that give you the drug. Then there are those that do sort of alternative stuff, not truly functional medicine, but they would say, well, you know, there's something better. You know, we'll give you this natural supplement or in the case of hormone replacement therapy. What's being missed is finding out why is this thing not working right? Why is the thyroid not functioning like it's supposed to? So I've always approached this as having to answer two questions. Why did that particular part of the body stop working? And what do we need to do to supply the need to get it working again? And there are some in the realm of functional medicine who take an approach that is on the right track, but doesn't quite get there. So what they'll do is they'll look at blood work and they'll look at responses to a healthcare questionnaire that I have patients fill out. And this brilliant doctor by name of Tetis Karazian put together this program where you look at this particular blood test, you look at this response on the questionnaire and you say, oh, here, take this supplement. And the patient takes that supplement and finishes it and comes back, oh, this blood test is out of balance. And this response on the questionnaire shows a need for this supplement. The problem is they're never finding out why these things not working. You know, because there are a myriad number of reasons. I mean, just, it could be you have a food allergy that's not being recognized, or there's a toxic metal in your body or a toxic chemical or some other environmental issue, you know, especially with women. The, everything yeah. you put on your body gets into your body. So I look at their yeah. cosmetics. I look at the shampoo, toothpaste, mouthwash, creams, ointments, mm -hmm. anything, because some of those things are so laden with chemicals, they are what's called endocrine disruptors. And if they're not addressed, then you know I could give them the best supplements for the particular thing we're addressing, but it's not going to have the benefit that it should. You're absolutely 100% right on. And I definitely know from experience with cosmetics, the whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole lifestyle kind of cleansing. So on that note, is that something that you wish more people kind of had the mindset for of looking deeper? Or what do you wish more people understood 
about your profession, about this industry? Well, let me, let me preface by this way, by saying this. People have come to accept the normal headaches, the normal back pain, the normal digestive problems, the normal menstrual problems, the normal this, normal that. None of those things are normal. They're all very common, but they are not normal. Up until about 50 years ago, which may seem like a long time, but the Japanese culture has been around for thousands of years. So up until about 50 years ago, women had no concept of menopause. They just stopped menstruating and that was it. But you know when it changed? When they started eating like we do with the McDonald's and the Burger King and the fast foods and all the other garbage that we've been using for a long time. I'll never forget, our friends had a Japanese exchange student 30 years ago. I said, please stick to your traditional diet. Don't do like we Americans do. But of course, she was eating all the crap that we eat. <laughs> so people have got to understand that there's no such thing as normal. And I asked them, okay, you know, what's the big deal? You don't have any pain. Does that mean you're healthy? Well, yeah. Well, no, really? How much pain is there with diabetes until you lose body parts? And how much pain is there with high blood pressure until you have a stroke? And how much pain is there with lots of cancer and none until you die? So we have this mindset that no pain, no problem. So far from the truth. So at its simplest form, I wish everybody would use chiropractic for the structural stuff. You know, the back pain, the headaches, the neck pain after auto accidents. And then mm -hmm. going further, especially in my realm, address the health problems you have using the approach that I take rather than a drug to cover up the symptoms. So I wish more people would do that for their sake. Me too. <laughs> One of the most impactful experiences I had with you was learning about leaky gut. Oh my gosh. And then working with you to heal that. This is such a huge topic that we most likely will do a separate episode about. But can you tell everyone or speak a little bit about what leaky gut is and why it's so common? Great question. And you're right. It's so prevalent. And the mm -hmm. problem is people may not know that they're experiencing leaky gut. I've had people Google it and they'll say, oh yeah, if they talk about constipation and diarrhea and bloating and gas. That's not leaky gut. That's something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Our small intestine is not supposed to have any organs in it. They're all supposed to be in the large intestine. But when they get up into the small intestine, they can start wreaking havoc and you get those symptoms of diarrhea and bloating, all those things. Leaky gut, you don't know that you have a gut issue. Now, first of all, People have come to understand or, or accept the old saying that you are what you eat. Well, that's mm -hmm. not true. You are what you absorb because you could put something in your mouth that can go right out your body. It has to go from the small intestine into the bloodstream, and then it becomes part of the body. And just briefly, what happens with leaky gut, and prim primarily due to inflammatory mechanism, due to our diet, due to environmental factors, sometimes emotional stresses, the small intestine, the cells of small intestine, are supposed to be really tightly bound to each other. So only certain things can get through. Well, when leaky gut is going on, that barrier is compromised. So virtually everything can pass through the small intestine into the bloodstream. And it can go anywhere in the body. So that's just a little teaser about that. Because like you said, we could go into much more detail about it. But it's it's so common because, again of our lifestyle and our dietary habits that 
many, many people suffer with it and can't put their finger on, why do I have this health problem? Why do I have this health problem? And they can't trace it back to the small intestine because it's you know somewhat mysterious because they don't have small intestine or gut symptoms to let them know, oh, that's what's going on. Right, exactly. So I think the burning question at this point is functional medicine, the buzzword. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean when you say, I'm, you know, I practice functional medicine or I'm on a functional medicine track? What can you tell everyone what the actual definition of that is? Well, it derives from the fact that you're talking about function, how things are supposed to work. Yeah. And we want to now take an approach, whether you call it medicine or healthcare or whatever term, because it's interesting. The word medicine conveys the idea that only medical doctors can go into that realm. You know, it's their possession, which is not true. You know? So when you talk about functional medicine, again, you're talking about how are things supposed to work in our bodies? And that's when we get to the point of asking those questions of why it's not working and what do we have to give to the body to return to normal function? So it's not really a complicated concept. It's just that people may not understand what it truly means. Now, when I do a presentation, I have a dictionary called Dorland's Medical Dictionary, and I open it up to the definition of function. And it talks about that that just means how things should be working, regardless of what it is you're talking about. Your digestive system, your musculoskeletal system, your endocrine system. That's what functions all about. With that understanding, how should things actually work? What is what's something that you recommend that maybe all people start, and then another thing all people stop today for their health? Well, the first part of the question is how should it work? The definition of health is that everything is working one hundred percent all the time. So when a patient, I'm getting away from the word patient because to me, that means fix me, doc. Yeah, yeah it's got to be <laughs> an interaction. There's got to be participation on the part of that individual. So when a practice member is sitting there and we're going over their program, I ask them, what does that look like when everything's working 100% all the time? And they'll sit there for a moment. Well, I don't know. Well, it means that you have no health problems. You have no digestive problems, no migraine headaches, no back pain, no thyroid problems, no nothing. Everything is working like it's supposed to. I was going to say no cancer. I mean, we all have cancer cells forming in our bodies at various times. When your immune system is working like it's supposed to, it addresses it and you'll never know that it was an issue. So health means that you don't have any problems. Your body's working like it was designed to work. So what do I wish people would do? The simplest thing? <laughs> I'll never forget. Right before Thanksgiving one year, I was doing a presentation at a woman's fitness center, and we were talking about these topics. And I told them, you need to stop eating corn, wheat, soy, and rye. They looked at me like I'm from a different planet. Doc, it's Thanksgiving. We're going to have cornbread. We're going to have stuffing. 
with wheat. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. He said, yeah. So I learned when I do a presentation, don't tell people that because they're going to look at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> but, it, but in this setting, here's the problem. Wheat was phenomenal. The, the original form was called einkorn. 10,000 years ago, man started cultivating wheat. It's what allowed civilization to develop because now there was a stable food source. Didn't have to rely on hunting and gathering. And there was a protein in the wheat called gluten. And for 10,000 years, give or take, it was like it's supposed to be. Then the wheat industry, whoever they may be, decided, you know, we want these plants to be more hardy. We want them to be more shade tolerant. We want them to be more drought resistant. We want them to be more pest resistant. And, then, and they hybridized the plant and hybridized it and hybridized it. Now, hybridization has been going on for many, many centuries. You take one apple stock and you graft it to another apple stock and you get a different apple. That's not what happened with wheat. They just kept hybridizing it over and over and over and over and over again till the gluten content became astronomical. And now your body looks at gluten as a foreign substance. It, your immune system looks at it as if it was a virus or a bacteria, and it will attack that gluten. Now, one thing that I tell people that might be enough incentive to stop wheat is this. To your immune system, gluten looks like something foreign. So your immune system is going to attack it. To your immune system, gluten and parts of your brain look the same. So if your brain is going to attack the gluten and gluten and your parts of your brain look the same, what does that mean? It means that your immune system is going to attack parts of your brain. I don't want that happening. My brain is good like it is. So that's just one reason why you shouldn't have gluten. As far as corn, well, we know corn's been genetically modified, not the same as hybridization. Genetic modification is when they take the DNA material of one species and put it into another one. So they took, I don't even know what, from some organism and put it into the corn, again, to make it trout resistant and grow taller and this and that and that. But it changed it genetically. And now our body, again, looks at that as something foreign. It's not the corn we used to eat up until, what, 75 years ago. <laughs> Monsanto owned the patent for every seed plant that went into the ground. Well, Monsanto was bought out by Bayer, the pharmaceutical company. And now since Bayer is a German company, they don't even have to worry about what the FDA says about genetic modification because they're not an American company. So we're doomed. You know, you, you can find heirloom corn. It's hard to find, mm -hmm. but there are people that sell it. And I have no problem with someone eating corn that's not genetically modified. You know, it's, again, it was around for thousands of years until we messed with it. Right. So that's then the, the problem with soy is that it was never a health food. It was mm -hmm. touted to be, but it's not. See, these three things, the corn, the wheat, and the soy, create inflammation in the body. There are actual pathways that they go through from this to this to this to this. And that the end result is that they produce inflammatory chemicals. And that inflammation now affects our body because now that inflammation is going to attack or affect your thyroid and your adrenals and your pituitary and all the organs. Even 
traditional medicine is beginning to realize that all health all health problems begin with inflammation. We're just a ball of fire, most part. And the people that the diet is primarily those three things or consists to a large degree of those three things, they're just on fire internally, but don't recognize it because there's no heat, you know, it's that inflammatory process is destroying the body. And one outward manifestation, one outward way of seeing that is belly fat. Mm -hmm. When the glands and organs are breaking down, your body starts producing that deep visceral fat or belly fat, which is really dangerous. It's, It's different than the fat on the arms and the legs. And so the American Diabetes Association, the American Medical Association recognizes that stuff is the first indicators of diabetes. And there's this measurement called the hip to waist ratio. So if you measure your waist and it's bigger than your hips, you're in deep doo-doo because you're wow. well on that path to diabetes if you're not already there. And unfortunately, when people have blood work done, analyzed or, or looked at in a traditional way, it doesn't really reflect how the body should be working. Again, back to that function thing. Mm-hmm. So whereas the normal blood value may be like that, can't do that with me. Okay. That's the <laughs> lab's normal. Well, here's your body's normal. It's a much narrower band. Right. So when I look at people's blood work, I interpret it from that point of view, the functional range, not the lab's normal. So yeah. again, back to the first question, get rid of those three things in, in your diet. That's the yeah. most impactful thing you can do without anything else. Yeah. I love how you talked about the active participation in terms of the word patient, but Mm. participating in your own health. One of my latest art pieces talks about that. And, you know, all it takes is for someone to have a lab coat on and doctor in front of their name. And then people just abandon all responsibility for their health, all Uh. critical thinking. It's not just like, oh, Soy is bad or corn. I don't like corn. So I tell people I like corn. It's like, you actually do these things. Like I've actually done the things. I've actually tested, you know, these things that you told me and the proof is there. It's like talk is so cheap. It's not just saying it's not just like, oh, you know, this is the latest trend and we don't like corn because we had some bad childhood experience with it. So we're going to tell people not to eat corn. It's like, actually, no. It's it's has nothing to do with not liking something. It's unfortunately what's been done from a lot of other factors we can't control. And it's it's crazy. That <laughs> reminds me. I used to watch Jay Leno and part of one of the segments would be Bounty Hunter magazine, one of my favorites. And you know what but I have an article from L magazine from July of twenty seventeen. It's called The Bad Seed. It talks about about this woman's journey for years to find out why she was so sick. And she went to every traditional medical doctor. She went to some alternative practitioner also. And interestingly enough, and I'm not bad-mouthing medicine, interestingly enough, a medical doctor told her, oh, your problem's corn. Stop eating corn. She did. She got well. Simple as that. I feel bad because had she seen me, maybe on the second or third visit (laughs) to my office, I said, okay, stop eating corn. And she would have been better rather than suffering for years. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And honestly, that in itself could be a whole other episode too. So much I could say about your style and just 
some of the awesome techniques and way of thinking that you have in dealing with with people what would you say is something that i mean i i have an idea of obviously what makes you unique in working with you but what would you say you found a better method of in terms of other functional medicine practitioners and other people in your industry what would you say is really unique to you it goes back to that idea of looking at the root cause you know again I could just say, let me, 35 years ago, someone came in and had all the classic signs of an adrenal gland problem. The adrenal gland sat on top of the kidneys. They produced 25 different hormones. And there was a doctor, a medical doctor by the name of Hans Salye back in the 90s. He came up with this idea called the general adaptation syndrome. It talked about different stages that the adrenals would go through from getting hyperactive because of something going on in your life and to the point where they are totally exhausted. So 35 years ago, someone came in with the signs and symptoms of an adrenal gland problem. Here, take this supplement. And they'd get better, but they couldn't get, didn't get well. So right. I started thinking, what am I missing? Then I realized there's this idea out of time with need. Yeah, they needed that adrenal supplement, not the right time. A perfect example, a woman came in a number of years ago with hepatitis C, and she said, fix my liver, please. I said, I got it. We got to fix your liver, but let's see if that's what your brain says is where we start, because it ain't up to me. I just mm-hmm. ask questions and get answers. Your brain, your body could care less what I think about anything, whether we start here or this supplement or whatever. So I found ways to be objective in my evaluation so that it's not me thinking that, oh, we should do this or do that. So mm-hmm. came in with hepatitis C. She asked me to fix the liver. I said, yes, we will. But let's see what your brain says. And for whatever reason, the brain says, no, start with the pituitary gland. I have no idea why. And I mean, I could probably figure out the biochemical mechanism, but it really is not important because that's what her body said to do. So that's what we did. Then we addressed her liver and she had a great outcome. So I think that's at the heart of it, you know, finding out why. It's not working and what's needed to get back, you know, get working again. And I, and I hate harping on that, but it's so key. Yeah, you because know, again, mm-hmm. I could just continue giving, oh, you got a thyroid problem. This company has great thyroid supplements. Oh, you got a, a pancreas problem. This company has great thyroid, uh, pancreas supplements, but that doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't. And it's really the key to all freedom is finding that root cause and it's so that's the journey you know i was just saying that the other day is it's healing to me is so not and i really learned this in my experience with endometriosis it's so not a destination it's so much more of this journey of like this layer of okay well all right, I eliminated soy and that helped with the estrogen dominance and you eliminate some more endocrine disruptors and you learn about what we just talked about with corn and wheat and soy and then, oh, well, that eliminated that and it's this layers of really even understanding yourself and that's what I just so love about your practice and your styles that you're actively kind of participating in helping people understand their own body, Mm -hmm. you know, becoming connected. It's interesting. The word doctor means teacher. So, you know, if I don't fulfill that role, am I really a doctor? I'd just be a technician otherwise. And right. you talked about 
you talked about, you know, this and this and this. every health problem is like peeling an onion. There's a layer, then another layer and another layer, another layer till you get to the central core. And I'll have someone come in and I'll do an evaluation. Okay, that didn't show up. Let's go to the next thing on this particular visit. Next time they come in, I'll go through the same analysis. Wow, this showed up. It didn't show up before. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Because the body was not ready to address it that visit before. And now the body says, the brain says, okay, I did this and this and this. Now I'm ready to take care of this thing and then this thing and this thing. That's what's yeah. so really cool about it. It's an adventure for me also because I never know what's going to show up. And that yeah. keeps me thinking. And it keeps me going to seminars to learn better ways of doing what I do. Yeah, I'll never forget. I told the patient, I'm going to be close Saturday. I'm going to a seminar. He said, another seminar? <laughs> I thought, yeah. that yes, you idiot. I do this for you. You know, I could be home with my family. I could take the day off. But no, he had this, another seminar. Yeah, I guess he's accustomed to seeing the healthcare practitioner that's just stuck in the model of 30 years ago. And that doesn't cut it today. Yeah, that's how we got here. (laughs) That's how we got here with searching for years and years (laughs) in pain. And then, you know, the answer is corn. Yeah. So this biohacking kind of subject is a perfect segue into our closing, which I like to call biohacking with art. Hmm. So are you ready? If you're an artist, that makes sense. Yes. I've been living this method of biohacking with art without even knowing it. But now consciously doing that with my series Mm -hmm. and then everything. So let's see. So, okay. If art was the medicine you gave in your practice, what would you prescribe? Ooh, that's a fascinating question. So people have different health concerns. They got where they are for various reasons with it. You know, this idea of genetics, which is a whole other topic, or it was environmental, or was it, you know, stresses emotionally that they had growing up, whatever it might be that brought them to where they are now with their health. And so because this that variety of reasons, I think there would be no, okay, I'm going to just have you, you know, art, you know, painting. That would be it for you. Juice painting. No. So some people might need music. Well, gee, yeah. okay, music, that's a broad topic. Do they mm. need classical? Do they need jazz? Do they need hip hop? Do they need rock and roll? Do they need blues? You know, what is particular for them? Okay, maybe they need a visual art. Gee, would photography be the thing for them? Or would be still lights? You know, could, mm-hmm. could be scene, landscapes, mm-hmm. portraits. Or maybe they need something like painting. Okay, gee, there's watercolor, there's oil, there's charcoal, there's pen and ink. I mean, there's so many forms of painting. Mm-hmm. And so there would be no one medicine. You know, that, that would be the realm of allopathic medicine. Here's this one thing that's going to take care of it. Now, I, for your, your medicine in this, uh, it's just a, again, that's a great question. But the mm-hmm. art that you need is particular for you. Or ba- maybe there's several. You know, it may not be just painting. Maybe it is a combination of painting and music or Mm -hmm. painting and photography, but whatever works for them is what I would prescribe. A custom piece. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Love it. 
All right. Well, that's a great question. Thank you. And thank you so much for just so generously sharing with me, with everyone. It's been so real with you today. So tell people where they can find you, learn more about your practice. My website is newconceptwellnesscenter.com. So my office is in Riverdale. No, not really. I'm a quarter of a mile away from the Fayette County, Clayton County line. <laughs> Never forget, one guy was going to come in for uh, an evaluation, and when he saw my office in Riverdale, he said, "I'm not coming to the hood." I said, "Well, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not in that part of Riverdale. I'm way south of it. Like I said, a quarter mile. You're in Fayette County, so don't be put off by the Riverdale address. You know, I offer things that no one in the area does, and again, to use another marketing phrase, Dunkin' Donuts used to say, "It's worth the trip." It is to come to see me. Yeah, you can travel from Decatur. I yeah. have a patient who, who lives two and a half hours from me, and he comes to see me every two weeks. Well, why? Because he knows that I can offer him what no one else can. I mean, I have people from, like yourself, Decatur. I have people from East Point and Forest Park and Peachtree City and Fayetteville and Conyers and, and all around because they understand that, okay, I got to travel a little bit to see this guy, but he does for me what I need. And then we'll also list all of this in the show notes, along with some more resources. I like to say that going to Dr. Kalen's kind of like in Lord of the Rings, instead of Riverdale, they went to Rivendell Riverdale. to be healed, to be healed <laughs> with the elves and all that. So yeah. that's no oh, yeah, they're, they're, the elves are in the back room. You, didn't, you haven't seen that. See? <laughs> that's really how he heals people. It's old Tolkien magic. No, yeah, uh, it. it is. It. I mean, it may be. So it's just, like I said, it's been so refreshing to have you as my doctor and just to have you on the show and just share everything with us. So thank you. It's been real. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love oh. working with people like you because you get it. It's, it's, uh, it makes my job easier. Uh, not a job, really. I mean, I've been in practice for 42 years and I think Maybe five times I thought, oh, I'm going to work today. I don't view it as that. But yeah. you know, when, I, when I have to work with somebody and they're not compliant, then it diminishes what they get from it. And it also puts stress on me. And so I get it. Some people are not ready. And I'm not going to force them. Now, I have a classic example. A guy came in and looked at my program. He was diabetic on three different medications. He looked at it and said, very interesting. When those words left his mouth, I knew he was not ready to do it. Yeah. So I wasn't going to force him because it wouldn't work. I'd be more concerned about his health than he. So I simply said to him, when you're ready, give me a call. About a year later, he comes in. I said, glad to see you. How come you're here? Because he said, I realized I might not live to see my grandchildren. That was his powerful why. And everybody does something for a why. And that was his. So whatever your why is, Get in touch with me so we can help you with the journey to better health. Couldn't have said it better. Perfect to end on that. I hope everyone can take away something from this tremendous conversation with Dr. Kalins to help them face their shit and heal themselves. We will Good. see you all next time. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode of Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself. 
If you liked the episode or you think it would be useful for someone else, please leave a review on podchaser.com as well as YouTube. Also, be sure to pre-order a copy of my book about how I healed myself from endometriosis on my Instagram at Meredith W. Ochoa. And remember, as always, the truth will set you free.